What started as a question, God, you created marriage, can you make it work? Soon became a statement, God, you created marriage, you can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome to another CFL podcast. We are thrilled that you have decided to join us as we discuss a very important topic in the month of February. We're going to start off the month of February with the topic of romance. Oh, yeah. Ooh, more than a feeling. So we're going to spend about the next half hour just discussing, um, defining, clarifying, and hopefully at the end of this podcast, you will be inspired to pursue romance in your marriage relationship. Susie, it's interesting you say that you'll be inspired to pursue romance. So are we saying that for most of the time after you get married, there's not much romance there? What do you guys think? The flame starts to fade. It does. I think. Rolling here with Tammy alongside of uh, Giraldo and Suzanne Beth. Hola. Oh, Suzanne Beth. Wow. (laughs) And so why is that? Why, Why does the flame fade? I mean, it started with such a bang at the beginning. Speaking of that, let's let what was like the the moment for you guys? <laughs> I know that you we dated all through college and um you guys we waited till out. you guys waited till after college. Yeah. Well <laughs> Tammy looks at Roland. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, you tell your side. My side of the story well, start, started I, I think, with you. Well I, I'll I'll simplify it. Uh Tammy graduated before me. Tammy's older than I am. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's Just why. A, that's why romance fades right there. Yeah. <laughs> Those comments. That's exactly. That. But just a little bit. You're wearing away at the romance. But uh, so Tammy and I hung out when she was at college, and during her student teaching, I would take her to school. You took me morning. once, one time, everybody. That that one time was like a hundred times <laughs> to me. One hundred times. <laughs> and but that along with many other shared experiences together, uh, I just we enjoyed each other's company. And then Tammy graduates because she's older than me <laughs> ahead of me. <laughs> and when I go back to school, uh, there was a phone conversation that we ended up having because I roomed with her brother and yeah, because she's he like me. Well, I think your brother said, hey, Tammy wants to talk to you. Oh. No, I never said that. <laughs> I never said that. That's how I remember it. <laughs> Tammy wants to talk to me. Tammy, you did tell him to tell his story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're interrupting. Well, it was after that conversation that I, that I realized that I wanted to go down to Naples and, and I wanted to spend the rest of my life with Tammy because all of a sudden, uh, the person that I was with all the time and having fun together and just laughing together and enjoying time with her wasn't there. And so traveled to Naples and we walked out to the Naples Pier. All right, any Florida listeners that are down in the Naples area, we were out at the Naples Pier mm. and mm. let Tammy know, you mm-hmm. and me, baby. That's right. <laughs> and we walked off the pier holding hands. Mm-hmm. Yep. As the sun was setting and yep. the waves were crashing. That's right. And the seagulls were flying. <laughs> now Tammy tells you to jump off that pier. <laughs> Not kidding. Tammy, you, you knew much sooner than Roland did, right? Yes, I did. You did? I 
I knew when I met him, like pretty soon after. Wow. Yeah, I just had. I did have that effect I had on Tammy. <laughs> more than a feeling. <laughs> I I did feel like like that with the Lord showed me that you're gonna marry this guy one day. I don't know. I've never wow. felt so sure about anything else in my life, but <laughs> um, that was really true. But you know, I am being very shy and never, never uh, confident enough to ever show any signs of any interest at all. <laughs> um, but we were good friends, and we did um, we did enjoy time together. We and it was long distance because I was still in Clearwater and you were in Naples when, and, we, when we started dating. And yes. yet there there wasn't a weekend where we didn't make the sacrifice to see each other during the week. There were no cell phones. Uh, mm-hmm. You had you had these calling cards. <laughs> and you spent a lot of oh, money because yeah. you paid oh per goodness. minute on these phone calls. But, is it, but isn't it interesting? When we're dating, yep. this is where that romance comes in. Is mm. there, There's no distance too far to travel. Uh, there's no cost too high to pay when it comes to the kind of uh, conversations that we want to have. And man, and sometimes you're paying for minutes and you're not even saying anything to each other. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that you're on the phone yeah. with the other person. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> We've got younger listeners going, we can text message, yeah. we can yeah. FaceTime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to add in right here, though, that the number of times we have walked in on our daughter who is sitting at the kitchen table working, she works remotely while her husband travels for work, and they are FaceTiming, and they're not even talking. He's just Aww. he's just there on the ledge, and it's as if they're in the presence of one another. Wow, yeah. that's So it ha- things haven't yeah. changed all that much. That's Technology. True. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Well, those dating years, you know, as you said, Roland, it's just, uh, they're exciting. Um, you know, Susie and I dated for three and a half years. Now, you guys say you date, you know, when you dated, but you guys were almost in a dating relationship before that. I mean, you guys did everything together. Mm-hmm. You call no, yourself. They were just hanging out. They were we friends. We were just hanging out. They were just yeah. hanging out. I don't know. No, no. I don't nope. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Susie but, yeah. and I did date for three and a half years during those college years. Mm-hmm. And, um, Susie, you, you tell the story all the time. You knew the moment we talked, right? No, <laughs> not true. <laughs> I kind of floated my way through the relationship saying, because you were the first relationship I'd ever had. And so I just mm-hmm. kind of really didn't know how to navigate any of that. That wasn't a big topic of conversation in our home growing up. So I just thought if I ever come across something that I can't live with for the rest of my life, that would probably be a good reason to end the relationship. Other than that, everything mm-hmm. and anything is worth working through. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be willing to work through it now, why would you be willing to work through it once you've moved That's into true. the realm of marriage? Mm-hmm. Were you mm-hmm. thinking that there was going to be a lot to work through? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was no. worth it. I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. So no, love is blind. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> well, I, I do know that during that time, just the different things, just like you guys mentioned, you know, the things that you're willing to do and sacrifice. I remember um, my senior year, Susie had already graduated. She is older, too. <laughs> um, I, I will say, I know you're going to kind of go a, a certain direction there, but but I do remember after uh, you took stats w- with Susie, mm-hmm. he, he came into the dorm room uh, with a much different uh, perspective much different look on it. I mean, he could hardly say anything when he walked in the room. I mean, he he was <laughs> just. <laughs> I will say, I will say that she that, talked to me. That, 
I will say that that interaction was um, different than I thought it would be. I thought I would just go and do, you know, work the game and do the stats. And halfway through the game, I'm like, this is really enjoyable. And man, from that point on, we just started talking quite a bit. And As you were sitting it there. was very different than when he left being by my side in the bleachers. <laughs> and he says to me, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> goes from that to one year later. Watch and learn. One year later, after we had been dating for one year, um, oh, I was getting ready to hit the road with uh, travel with a group from our school, and you were going to stay and work, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Take some summer classes and then work at the college. Yeah. No. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. That wasn't was the internship? In, that was when you went to Indiana. Oh, to Indiana. Um, That's right. Man, the northern Indiana just, days. I just thought it was best that if we that if I was not in a relationship traveling on the road for 10 weeks, that it would be easier. So, um, you know, I just said, I think we need to put the, put the brakes on this. And basically <laughs> your response to me was, uh, no. <laughs> uh, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and so I tried to, like, break up, and you said, no, it's not going to happen. So, so that's when I knew it was very real for you. Mm-hmm. Very real. That was a year in, is that what it was? Yeah, and then that summer, mm-hmm. we we wrote, like I had your itinerary. I still have them. And we still have the cards to this day. We should have brought one and read one here. Oh, oh wow. man, I had cards, letters, uh, flowers. Gio wrote those gifts. in between meals. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's all we did, I that received... internship was eat. That was a romantic <laughs> summer, and we barely were in the presence of one another. That's right, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, as we dive into this, it is February. What, what happened, guys? What happened? We got married. Uh, we got married. <laughs> 13 months later, our daughter arrives. Yeah, 16 I, months later, our son arrives, and what in the world is romance? Was, was it Straight then? into reality, was right? it th- I mean, when did the romance start to wean a little bit? Morning sickness. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah, because that those was first rough. six months were awesome. I remember that we were on yeah, a trip. We were, we were all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. I will say, and that's where we started to learn a lot of things. I, I, I don't jokingly say this because Susie really did say this when she said, "I hate my life and it's because of you." <laughs> oh, where did she? And you were probably up? undeserving of that kind of a statement. <laughs> But that that was the that was probably the moment for me that I'm like, hmm, I think we just slipped from romance to reality, <laughs> which I didn't know what that, that was. Like I believe I was in full on rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was gonna give you a resentment. <laughs> jumped resentment, went straight to rebellion. Yeah. You know what? This is probably a good opportunity to give a little perspective for those that are new to the two becoming yeah. one study. Maybe you've not gotten into it. We do want to encourage you to. Purchase the material, book, workbook. It's eight lessons or eight sessions. Uh, find a small group, lead a small group, do it yourself. Great thing. But what we're talking about this month are the four stages that relationships go through. And we're starting with romance because from romance, it's easy to go to reality. From reality, if we don't drift between romance and reality, we quickly go mm-hmm. right into resentment. Mm-hmm. And from resentment, as Susie alluded to, uh, we get we get rebellious. And so we have ways of illustrating these which we'll be talking through uh, over these next uh, four podcasts this one and the three that follow but today really diving into that romance piece and how do we keep the flame going how do we keep the fire alive how do we continue to have that uh, that strong bond that seemed to exist when we were dating where 
really nothing was off the table in regards mm-hmm. to how we pursued one another. Right. Yeah, I, and I we were talking before the podcast, the this thought of where you're pursuing something that you don't have yet, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. they're not your spouse. And so you're pursuing mm-hmm. and, and you're working on it and, and, um, and not that it's fake or anything, but it's just where you're at. And it almost seems like the moment you make that catch, the, uh, the day of the I do, and then you get back from the honeymoon, it's almost like, how do I keep pursuing something that I already have? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the conversation. It's a good question. How do I pursue something that is already in my possession that that's not eluding me and I'm not thriving to get, but yet moving from um, that reality? I'm glad you brought that up, Roland, just talking a little bit about our language and, and what we talk about. But we all we all are going to be in reality. You mentioned it, Suze, I mean, right away. We've, we had two children within the first two years of marriage. So how do you pursue romance at that point when you've got these realities and the thing that you were pursuing is already in your grasp? Well, I think that you make a good um, choice of words there when you say, how do you pursue romance? Because I don't think that romance happens unless mm. you pursue it. No. I think mm-hmm. you have to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And um, we did look up a definition of romance. There were a lot yeah. of definitions. Um, and so we, we kind of decided on a feeling of excitement associated with love. Um, now, mm-hmm. the feeling of excitement and what causes that is different for every single person, I believe, on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. They have a combination of different things. But that romance and the pursuit of romance is what is received by your spouse. Sometimes the, the statement, you know, it's the thought that counts really is true mm-hmm. in, in that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more <laughs> a person of action. <laughs> like, yes, the thought is nice. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes in romance, it truly is the thought. Mm-hmm. And romance changes this mm. idea mm. of a romance. It's so, it just unfolds differently and it gets deeper. But initially, and it's not that it's surfacey and and you know and simplistic. It's in the beginning. But um, when we think about, like Gio, you were saying, you're pursuing, you know, and 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 you get to the place where okay now we're married okay all uh, romance ends <laughs> it doesn't but it does get deeper and it changes and i think that n- l- my thought of i'm going to marry this guy one day i didn't even know him but i knew i just i knew that i was there was i was drawn to him and it was maybe a couple comments he made i i didn't know him well but um we had some things in common, and, and I just remember, uh, for me, some a comment that he made about um, his relationship with his guy. I mean, it's just the weird, it's like, it has nothing to do with romance, but I remember thinking, he, I can trust him. Like, it was mm-hmm. a comment you made about your, your grandfather, your relationship with your grandfather, Roland, and it was, you know, who's your father figure, and that you had said something, and you were talking to my brother, and I was there. And you had said, I just couldn't keep that away. I, I just couldn't keep that from my, my grandfather. Like, whatever it was, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't. And I remember thinking, wow, that, that to me seems like a guy that can be trusted. Mm. And that, you know, that there's... And so so that little bit that drew me to you and the fact that you were pursuing, 
you know, ministry, which you did not look like a ministry major <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> so I was shocked. But when I got over the shock, I was like, this guy loves the Lord. I, you know, I knew I would marry somebody that loved the Lord. So, um, but then when you, when you get married and the, it, it changes because you realize that God was in it all, you know, God was in it from the beginning. And when we, when now after 27 years, I can honestly look back and say, wow, there was so much I didn't know about Roland, but God knew about Roland mm. and God knew I needed all those things, even though we're so different, we think so different. We still, to, to even yesterday, have disagreements about how we view things and how we, um, but but we we need each other. Our differences make for, I think, a, a great marriage, honestly. And so romance doesn't go away, but it changes and it gets deeper, for sure. I yeah, think the one thing you missed there is then you met his best friend and said, man, he's got great friends, too. <laughs> That's big friend. true. You know? <laughs> I think you that play, was the. You played a role, Gio. I think that really was the did. nail in the coffin. That was the final. <laughs> all right, we're moving forward here. Right. So, how did that work for you and I with Roland? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gio can get along with anybody. That's where I was. If you're listening and not watching the video, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you just. Well, Tammy, to that, to what you were saying in that point, um, I, I was reading through. Uh, a section on romance, and, and I saw the way it says researchers estimate that the human brain can only sustain the intense mm. in love, and that's in quotes, feeling for a maximum of two years. And then, mm -hmm. um, and it goes on to say, ideally, a couple has worked on deepening their love and commitment during that time so that when the intense feeling of being in love tapers off, a deeper love takes its place. Mm. And so it's, it's this. Thinking of, mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I cannot be addicted to the idea of love and romance, mm -hmm. of where our culture def culture defines it, but we're moving like like with that question, you know, if if I've already got what I'm I was pursuing, That's what's right. next? Well, what's next is studying that individual and really getting to know them and the way God wired them, not the way you want them to be, but yeah, how God wired them, and then as an act of worship to God, when we talk about our provision piece is this is exactly, and you, you alluded to that, Tammy, mm -hmm. this is exactly who God brought to me, but there's so much more for me to learn. And we, the two of us, are the, we've been married 28 years, mm -hmm. and there's still stuff oh that we're not getting right in this area, mm -hmm. and that we continue to have to learn from each other and grow mm -hmm. in this area of romance. Yeah, and I think that both of mm -hmm. those really support the idea of how do we cultivate that shift and what romance looks like. Mm -hmm. And we kind of started off with what romance looked like in the dating years because it was new. Yeah. And But eventually the new wears off, you do get to know each other. And you get to know not only the things that you loved about that person that drew you <laughs> towards one another, but you learn about the things that you, you probably don't like, uh, mm -hmm. would, would like to change. And so... What does what does romance then begin to look like when all of those things rise to the surface, and that's where we uh, that's where we talk about this thread that runs through everything that we talk about, which is if if I draw from performance in our relationship, at some point one of us are going to fall short. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I look to the Lord by faith, what do moments of deep intimacy look like? with God himself 
And I'm reminded of what he writes to the church in Ephesus, you've left your first love. And what he's saying to them is that there was a time when the relationship was deep mm-hmm. and it was intimate and you've, you've drifted, mm-hmm. you've drifted away from what this relationship was supposed to be. And so I'd imagine that there's couples out there that maybe you are simply looking to go from good to great. Things are good and you're just ready to go another notch. Some of you are just hanging by a thread. <laughs> And you can't remember the last time there were any positive sparks in a relationship that drew you to one another. You you can't remember, uh, unfortunately, and, and you know what? And there, there might be physical intimacy, but when, when was the last time that you, that there was a, a, a loving holding of hands, mm-hmm. um, a, a loving kiss on the cheek, uh, a, a time, you know, not to over-spiritualize things, but a time of prayer. And so how do we cultivate this, this romance and, and pursue that in our relationship as things do change? Well, I think that's what we want to draw out here in our time mm-hmm. together is because, yeah. you know, there's uh, when we talk about communication and we did that the last couple of weeks, you know, you, you want to come to a, a situation with your spouse where you're not just communicating the things that are bothering you. But then you want a response, or here's here's something that we can do to to improve that and to to fix that. And so, one of the things is, are we still pursuing mm-hmm. our spouse? You know, and what does that look like um, as a married couple? And one of those things, and Susie, I think you may have mentioned it, is being intentional, like really mm-hmm. being intentional. There are times where we've got to find a sitter for the kids you know, in order to pursue our spouse so that we can have that time together. Uh, we're beyond that now because our kids are all grown. And Hallelujah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there was a time where that's, that's what's got to happen. And if you're not intentional in creating those opportunities and those moments to have the conversation, then you miss out on the pursuit piece and mm-hmm. really getting to know your, your spouse. Mm-hmm. And it's mutual pursuit. I think that the man Absolutely. is, the man is first responsible, not more responsible mm-hmm. than the woman. The man is first, but mm-hmm. it ought to be mutual pursuit of one another. And again, by faith, cause one of you might be saying, well, he doesn't pursue me or the, or he's saying she doesn't pursue it, but you mutually pursue each other and you look to the Lord to do that and really lean into that. I think sometimes we, um, create a baseline mm-hmm. and we just kind of, you know, assume and generalize and that baseline romance for a guy is sex and baseline romance for a girl is flowers and chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, we, yeah, yeah. I think we do such a disservice mm-hmm. taking Tammy, what you said and Gia, what you said about, about pursuing and how romance changes you know, and what, how it, I love that, what you said, how it unfolds throughout your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of that is you, you never, and Gio, this goes back to what you said, you never conquer it because right. <laughs> just when you feel like you've learned your spouse, if you are truly observing them, mm-hmm. watching them, leaning in and asking questions, you're going to find something new about them. That's right. And, and it's, it's going to be another avenue for you to pursue an area of romance for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes the culture that we live in today yes. tells us what romance is, tells mm-hmm. us what we need to feel happy, what we need to feel fulfilled in our marriages. And, and sometimes when you're not careful, you just start buying into it. That's right. And then it's like you become dissatisfied and disgruntled and you take a step back and you're like, 
what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And you begin to evaluate what have I been filling my mind with, whether it be through social media mm-hmm. or music or television or movies. Yeah. What's filling my mind? And I can almost always trace it back to I have been filling it with a lot of those things and not enough of scripture because mm-hmm. scripture is going to guide me and direct me. Think of your spouse more than you think of yourself. You know, mm-hmm. the ver- actual verses, think of others more than yourselves, but in this case, we can, you know, specify it to our spouse. So the romance is just, the opportunities are endless, honestly. You have to pursue it. And we're undeserving. And and I think that that creates a tremendous amount of intimacy in our relationship is to know that I'm I'm undeserving of Tammy's kindness towards me. I'm undeserving of Tammy's acts of love where she goes out of her way to pursue me. And I think about... I think about our relationship with the Lord. I think about being created to recognize that love and relationships are vital. The, 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 we, we have been intrinsically created for love and for relationship. We sing about it. We write about it. We watch movies about it. And if we're not careful to some of what Susie was saying, if we look to the Lord, we find what unconditional love looks like. (laughs) I'm reminded of that song, Oh, How He Loves Me, Oh, How He Loves Me. And it's a great statement, but we got to make sure that we're saying it in the right way. It's not, Oh, How He Loves Me because I'm so lovable. Mm -hmm. It's, Oh, How He Loves Me. And I'm wrecked by that Mm -hmm. because I'm undeserving of that love. And there's way too many people in difficult relationships where you've granted we we all want to be loved and a little respect to go along with that right (laughs) but we we want to be loved but we just think that we're this lovable person and we really haven't come to grips with the fact that we're not we're not all that lovable Mm -hmm. and so god loves us unconditionally our spouse uh should love us that way but it may be that we we become the model of that in pursuing them yeah, and that's, that's such a great point because our, our theme throughout our study with Two Becoming One is moving from performance to faith. And it's the performance piece is when we are at a place in this romance where we are expecting the other person to do X, Y, and Z, whatever the culture has told us is romantic. You know, you watch a movie like The, the Notebook or you watch any of these other movies, and, and we did a segment on this, uh, The Fantasy View of Love, uh, a while back. And when you fall into that, that um, cultural definition of love, it's exactly the, the opposite of what the biblical model is. It's mm-hmm. all about us. And so mm-hmm. what is it that my spouse can do for me? Um, then they are showing me that they're being romantic, mm-hmm. where it should be a selflessness on both of our parts with no expectations. But we just finished a segment on communication, but communicating and asking the right questions and talking to each other to find out more about each other. And, you know, we, we talk about um, rooftop issues and uh, the five love languages and those type of things. And those are the moments where you can tap into the, uh, the right questions and asking your spouse the different things. Because as the five love languages does put it, we tend to love and show romance to our spouse the way we mm. want to be loved and, and cared for. And we're all different. And so it's, it's the studying and the 
being intentional and finding out, mm-hmm. which requires a sacrifice on our part mm-hmm. to say, well, it's, it's not really about me. I really want to find out more about my spouse. Mm. And it's yeah. a big, it's a great picture. Like you said, Roland of the gospel message, mm-hmm. man. And it's crazy how fast the time goes. We've got just a few minutes left. And so I was going to throw out some practical things and uh, just begin to land the plane here on mm-hmm. uh, this stage of romance. And uh, Gilles talked about pursuing. And I think we've all uh, touched on the idea of showing value to the other person. I think enjoying what the other enjoys. I think a good suggestion is, Uh, making sure we have a date night. Well, what does that date night look like? Well, take turns planning it. And Mm. if the husband is planning the date night, then find out what it is that your wife really enjoys and then map out a date night that is all about the things that she enjoys and you being willing to enjoy those things with her. And then the same thing for the wife, the wife planning a date night and creating an environment that enjoys all the things that, that the man wants to enjoy. And I know that we get all kinds of different thoughts going here, but uh, I do emphasize in this moment something that Susie touched on is sometimes we go to these extremes and we think that you know all men want is one thing or all women want is the other. And if we look at these differences by faith, we see that these differences bring us together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that we're not, it's not exclusive. It's not that all women want is love and that all men want is respect. We really, really want both. And I think what that's going to show is the prioritization of time for each other. Really quick. What favorite dates do you guys want to share? Favorite dates. You know, it's, it's funny because when we were in uh, Tampa and the Orlando, or Orlando, the Clearwater, Tampa area, we started to document some mm-hmm. things that we were doing just to give people in the area some ideas. <laughs> and one of my favorite things, Susie, was getting on that, that little boat. Uh-huh. Remember? The pedal thing? No, the, the little green motorized oh, boat right, down on the Hillsborough River. Mm. Yes. And just, <laughs> we just got on this boat and we, and we drove and um, we laughed. And yep. it was, you know, just, it was one of our, you know, Laughter. fun times. Laughter is one of the first things to go, right? And there's it really no romance. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say, <clears throat> thankfully, in our marriage, <laughs> that he is still funny. <laughs> <laughs> All the still time. Funny. All the yes. time. Yes. yes. You didn't say funny looking, right? No, I did not. <laughs> no, you're hilarious. <laughs> Laughter is a huge part of our marriage. I have always told you he's got a great face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're recording these podcasts now on video, too, so you can see that. You can not just listen, but you can watch. What about Um, you guys? What about you guys? Um, I'm going to say there was one time, and it's kind of conventional date. You know, it was uh, one of the nicest places to eat that Roland, Roland did all the planning. He got the sitter. He got a, he had put together a CD of 80s love songs on the way there. We listened to 80s music and then we had a really nice dinner, but we were so overwhelmed. I do remember us sitting there just quiet, just enjoying the quiet. At that time, we had four very busy girls, about seven and under. (laughs) And it was just nice to enjoy dinner without interruptions. And that was a a sweet, sweet, sweet night. Mm Mm-hmm. How about you? Favorites for me, uh, Tammy and I, well, Tammy loves to cook. 
I enjoy eating, and so we make a good yeah, relationship that way. But um, foodies a little bit too, and so when we travel places, finding out finding the good places to eat. And so I, I do enjoy going out with Tammy when she really enjoys the atmosphere and enjoys the place that we're in, and it goes back to that laughter and that smile. I mean, mm-hmm. it just you just see Tammy just overwhelmed by, by good feelings. I like where I'm at. We're good company, good conversation. And, and I really do enjoy that. I, I think favorite dates are, are just times we get to spend together, but definitely when we find a good spot to eat somewhere that's really unique. Do you guys vote that as a favorite date? He hasn't really said a favorite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that counts. You're just kind of overall. All the over eating places. Like the <laughs> That's what I heard. I don't know if he's <laughs> pursuing you places. or the food, Tammy. My Yeah. <laughs> Our date was no. Sanibel Steakhouse. I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Well, one I'm thinking about is this breakfast place in Nashville. Yeah, where we took a sign. picture of that sign mm-hmm. behind. Remember what the sign yeah. said? It said, Lard, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, so many good things, guys. And uh, maybe this is the spur us on to document some date nights <laughs> opportunities on our social media. And we'll put those out there just to share with people things that are free, things that cost a little bit of money and mm-hmm. some to splurge on. Yeah, And if you're a restaurant owner and you want to send something our way, we might just give you a shout out on, <laughs> on the podcast. And if you're concerned that we haven't given a definitive list for how to, for how you can be romantic mm. uh, in your marriage and your spouse, it's because everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it starts off with the frame of mind of thinking more about your spouse and how you can, you know, just please them and satisfy them and just I think it flows out from that. So so no list today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the no list, list could be infinite mm-hmm. when you truly seek to learn them and get to know them. Yep. Mhm. Well, we're glad that you joined us today and um let's go out there and be romantic. Enjoy it. <laughs> Bye y'all. See you later. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.